The Zooier Than Thou podcast contains adult concepts and language, and is intended for an adult audience. So if you still need a signed permission slip to ride the fun bus, you're going to want to skip this field trip because it is not the zoo you're looking for. Greetings, all you zoos on the move! Fasten your seatbelts, because it's time for Zooier Than Thou! Hey, what can I say? You got me howling at the moon. You know, love is wild when you're a zoo. It's zooier than thou. Oh, yeah. Welcome back, fellow zoos, to a pedal to the metal, zoom zoomy filled episode of Zooier Than Thou. I'm your Zeman-fueled hot rod host, Zeman Depot. And I'm Lovecat, eco-friendly hybrid and co-host for this episode. We're all equal in this rat race, though. Well, except for Toggle. He's got the moves befitting the name. I'll show you some moves. Yeah. Continue that much longer and we ain't getting nowhere. We'll at least be able to visit Courage, I guess. But didn't you say you had plans to be at Azula Day? Okay, I think I know what a zoo day is, but can you elaborate on that one? Well, you see, when two or more zoos find that they like each other very, very much... Okay, not really. It's a gathering of a zoo family, family I've chosen, and that I prefer to be around because Ash and I can be ourselves and fully express of our feelings. Hmm, well that certainly sounds spiffy, and a whirlwind of fur, feathers, paw, hooves, the list goes on. Well, please do. Go on, that is. We'll wait. Uh, but there's an entire show to do. We haven't got the time to paw off basking in the wonderful anatomy of our paramours. Uh, I guess you're right. I guess I have to stop this pelvic thrusting. So what's the topic? How could you ask that? You're literally traveling 100% of the time and we're... The, okay, the topic we're discussing is the traveling zoo. Oh, yeah. Guess I must have been hypnotized myself with super rad holographic stickers I've put everywhere. How do you like them? <clears throat> The topic at hand? Fine. We'll be discussing some great tools. Mm-hmm. Tips, also good. Tricks. <laughs> and assets that make it possible to have a joyride of a time traveling with your four-legged companions, whether for the holidays, which are fast approaching, a Zula day, work-related, or just for the sake of getting out and getting fresh air whipped about your ears as you lean out the window. But first, let's hear from our avid listeners and hear what they have to say. Our first email comes with a pretty big trigger warning, and not a your uncle voted for Trump to own the lib sort of trigger warning. Indeed. Uh, this email references child sexual abuse as well as hard drug and alcohol abuse. We've included a skip option in our chapter menu on both YouTube and on our website in case you need to move past this email, but we felt it was very important to address. Hi folks, I'm not hosting this episode, but I really wanted to make sure to be present for the discussion of this email. I want to reiterate the importance of providing contact information when you contact us. Even if the subject of your message says help, we can't do anything if we can't get in touch with you. If you're the concerned uncle writing in this email, please reach out to us again with your contact information so that we can keep in touch. And if you would like to skip this section, you can skip to 23 minutes ahead. With the preamble out of the way, let's tackle this email. This concerned uncle writes, I can't believe I'm writing this, much less from a cheap motel room in the middle of nowhere. First, let me say that I am not a zoo myself, but I'm reaching out to you for help. Recently, I gained full custody of my 14-year-old nephew, 
His father died when he was two, and his mother and her so-called boyfriend are now in prison for a multitude of crimes. This includes child abuse and narcotics. He has suffered years of neglect and abuse. So to say his living with me hasn't been easy is the understatement of the year. He is in court-mandated therapy and has successfully completed drug rehab for both alcohol and crack. Sorry for all this background, but I do believe that if I'm going to get the help that I need, that you need to understand where both of us are right now. Going through his computer the other day, one of the conditions of his parole, I came across animal porn. Lots of animal porn. When he was confronted with it in family therapy, he admitted that he has been having sex with dogs since he was seven. Something that my sister's boyfriend forced him into to make money on the dark web. As I said, this has not been easy. As I stated before, I'm not a zoo myself. I was taught that such things are wrong and sick, but I do love my nephew. I need advice on how to help him and show that I will accept him even if he wishes to be this way. The therapist has pointed out your podcast and I'm slowly listening. I'm trying to keep an open mind, but it is not easy for me. The therapist told me that the best thing for me to do is reach out to other zoos to help my nephew. So do you know of any resources for families of zoos? Thank you. All right. Well, so obviously this is a pretty heavy, 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 heavy kind of topic. But I, first of all, want to thank you, Concerned Uncle, for reaching out. You're a lot better than a lot of uncles out there just for even trying to understand where your nephew is coming from with this. Because it can be so easy to dismiss. I also want to say... How how cool is it that a therapist actually recommended our podcast? Right, it speaks towards the the positive message. I think that we're reaching out and a positive outlook on um, healthy relationships uh, between two leggers, four leggers, and the family around them. It's it's kind of humbling because it's like wow, we we really do have kind of a responsibility here that we may not have consciously set out to have, but it's um pretty incredible. Let's talk about, like, your therapist recommended you reach out to the podcast. What can we do for you? So what our program can provide for you as a family member and perhaps for your nephew, although generally speaking, we're we're really made for an adult audience, but with parental guidance, perhaps this would be okay for you to share this program with your nephew. But what we try to do is provide an ethical and positive framework for zoo sexuality. So it's a lot about making sure we treat animals with the respect that they deserve, coming to terms with who we are and being okay with that. And not just okay, but like happy with it, proud of it even. We do have some resources, not just for zoos, but I think we have a few things that we can offer for family members of zoos trying to understand, you know, this is probably something you never even thought of before you found animal porn on your nephew's computer. Uh, And so we can give you an idea of like, what does it mean to be a zoo? Uh, What can you do to support your nephew um, to alleviate some of your worst fears? Uh, I do want to make sure that you, concerned uncle, understand that sexuality influenced by trauma is still legitimate sexuality. All of us, all of our sexualities are molded not just by you know, how we're born, but also the environment we're in and the things that influence and trigger those types of things for us. So, you know, that's why a lot of times someone might not know they're gay until later on when they have an experience 
that says, oh, this is something that I enjoy, or, oh, this is something that makes sense to me. Uh, even in the case of trauma where something happens, that affects your sexuality. A and trying to discount that as like, oh, you, you just have trauma, so none of this is real, is not really going to be how that works. Mm -hmm. So acceptance is of the utmost importance, as is allowing them to work through their trauma and come into their own with your help or with the help of therapists. You don't really force someone to be a zoo and you, you certainly don't force them to not be a zoo. It's a, it's a very personal journey, journey and it's all the more complicated when it comes from a place of pain. Um, sexuality does change over time though, so there, there may be a point where your nephew's like, you know, this is not for me, this came from this and now that I'm an adult, it's not something that I want to be a part of and you got to be supportive for that just as much as you would be supportive for uh, this is a part of who I am and it's always going to be there forever. Mm -hmm. Allow things to change, allow things to be fluid, and just be there as a supportive role for your nephew. Because obviously he's already been through enough, and I think you would agree that. There's already, there's already been enough pain. Um, what you would want to try to do is bring positivity and acceptance into his life. I think that's why it's important to, to not try to fix um, his sexuality, whatever it, it happens to actually be, um, right. because uh, that just, as, as we've seen, does more damage than good. And it does. It, um, you know, whatever his feelings are, whether um, whether he inevitably would have been a zoo, or whether um, the feelings that he has towards animals was purely, um, you know, manifested in the abuse that he suffered, um, they are his genuine feelings, and um, mm -hmm. making those. Uh, feel wrong to him. I don't know if you can. I, th I think that that's kind of ultimately damaging. Um, I, I don't. I'm not a therapist, and I don't know how to um, to to actually directly help. But um, it, it has to be something that um, that helps him uh, harmonize what his feelings are and what their genesis is with the life that he's actually living and going to have to continue to live. Um, so. I, w I would say that mm -hmm. as an uncle, he's definitely taking the um, the healthiest approach that, that I can imagine right now. And right. Um, yeah, as what Toggle says, what we have to offer is an example of what it is to be a healthy zoo um, and to, to show that that, that is possible and, 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 uh, and how that's done. And um, the possibility of his committing abuse, yeah. Um, uh. Because, uh, you know, there, there are people who, who harm animals for pleasure and um, I, I, know, I don't know your nephew or how likely it is that, that his trauma might get uh, transmuted into his committing abuse against mm. other living beings. Um, right. That's something that, uh, that I would, that, that's the only kind of thing that, that I would, um, that I would say I would needs be to be guarded about. against in, in right. that way, but not mm -hmm. simply, a, you know, not simply sexuality. Right. So obviously, like, uh, I'm sure you've listened to some of our podcasts. You kind of know where we're on, where our stance on that. We want to make sure that animals are not being harmed in the process of anything, whether that's our sexuality or factory farming or anything like that. So that is uh, one of the concerns that when we got this email, we, we did think about. Uh, and hopefully 
providing an ethical framework for such a sexuality uh, helps develop some healthy relationships with animals, whether they're sexual or otherwise. But something to definitely watch out for, I think. It's hard to say it's not necessarily something you want to fix. Not fix, but address. <sighs> Harming other people is not going to be something that's going to work. And you want to make sure that no one's being harmed. Or that uh, if there is an inclination to harm, that there are healthy ways to uh, go about alleviating those urges. So that's something that therapists will probably be helpful with. But like, you really want to make sure that there's some kind of open dialogue so that you know that that is something you need to address. Mm -hmm. And shunning uh, your nephew for zoo sexuality obviously is not going to allow you to have that kind of open dialogue where mm -hmm. you can, you know, preempt issues like that. And going about it without being accusatory and being understanding of where he's coming from, while also, you know, setting the ground rule like, hey, harming other people, not going to be cool. You really can't do that. And even if you have those desires because of what you've been through, it's something you've got to work out and figure out how to how to manage. Yeah, this um, triangle of communication that's going to have to develop has got to be uh, without boundaries mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because the the subject matter is so critical to understanding understanding frame of mind and uh, comfort zones, and we're all going to be uncomfortable, uh, and we hope to remain in contact so we can help if if you guys need it uh, but with this triangle of communication it, it's your nephew it's you as an uncle as a guardian but then your therapist the your therapist has to be on board with not trying to fix not pressuring to mm. conversion therapy or any kind of cover-up for this this trauma they have to be willing to work with a sexuality such as new sexuality and not trying to uh, damage them further by denying this part of your nephew that that it exists it's right. it's real um, whether it was forced upon them through trauma or, or um, whether it developed naturally it, it's real and the support that it's real and the communication has to be truthful open mm -hmm. and constant <laughs> yeah absolutely um trust between you your nephew and your therapist all three of you have to trust the other two so now i will say can i just say real quick that if you got a court mandated therapist that's this understanding of zoosexuality as to recommend our podcast you should buy a lotto ticket it might be a good idea you got pretty lucky there mm -hmm. um and i would do everything i could if for some reason you can no longer see that therapist, make sure you get rep recommendations from them uh, for other therapists because not all therapists are alike. Not all of them are, you know, going to be helpful. Uh, if you go, actually, you're asking about resources, and this comes to mind. On zoocommunity.org, there is a therapy thread where people talk about their experiences with therapy. A lot of it really is, is like, you know, People are people, even if they've got a therapy license. Some people are going to handle things better than others. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of damage that can be done by having a bad therapist. It can really kind of shut you down. So getting that recommendation is going to be super helpful. And if you'd like some more reading topics uh, on your end uh, to help st stabilize that tripod, uh, Understanding Bestiality by Hani Maletsky. 
and mm-hmm. Dearest Pet by Midas Deckers. So, like, obviously, resources are sparse for zoos and their families, especially families, kind of trying to find, like, oh, yeah, your kid's gay? Well, here's the local gay community center. That kind of shit doesn't actually exist for zoos mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. Yet. Um, however, I feel that I can very confidently recommend checking out zoocommunity.org mm-hmm. both for your nephew because it sounds like he's about the right age that he would be allowed to be on that forum uh, and also for you as an uncle trying to get resources and understand this whole zoo sexuality thing give that a shot uh, the reading that he mentioned is really good uh, understanding bestiality is basically a staple uh, for understanding bestiality. Apt title, then. <laughs> As for us, let me recommend a couple of episodes. Episodes Season 1, 9.5, 10, and 10.5. Mm-hmm. Those all have to do with allies and family members who support zoos. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be helpful to hear from them, both for you and also for your nephew. Um, it's... They were very transformative for a lot of zoos because it was like, oh, you know, there is a possibility that our, our sexuality may end up being accepted in the future and that people that we love will accept us. You might get some pointers. Just hearing other people be like, hey, you know, I understand. This is what I was afraid of. You might It might resonate with you uh, and it could give you some idea of how to try to approach being supportive mm. of your nephew. And let me just say, by the way, regarding understanding bestiality and zoophilia, so that was written by Hani Maletsky, and mm-hmm. uh, this ties back into what uh, you had mentioned before, Toggle. If for any reason um, this uncle cannot see that particular court-ordered therapist anymore, mm-hmm. Hani Maletsky is absolutely the number one person that he should contact for um, further guidance and help. She is a member of ASECT and can help locate a uh, a therapist uh, wherever this person happens to be, if there's one nearby, who Mm -hmm. will be uh, better qualified than many others to deal with um, atypical sexualities like zoophilia or or, or just traumas around, you know, this kind of thing. Definitely. Definitely. Use all your resources. Honey Molesky will definitely be a resource for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I almost forgot. Uh, season 2, Episode 6. Healthy Happy Zooey 2020. Probably great place to try and start thinking about an ethical framework for one's sexuality and the treatment of other animals. Uh, and also for mental health. Um, useful, I would say. I would recommend that one to any other episodes of the podcast you might recommend maybe to normalize uh zoo sexuality might be the pride episode actually mm. uh, just yeah talk- zoo pride 2020 especially because we kind of like talked about what does it mean to have zoo pride and like it, it was a positive framework of community yeah yeah exactly mm-hmm. very much so mm-hmm. uh, man i am so thrilled that your therapist was like you should check out you should try to meet people in the zoo community mm-hmm. so brilliant like i can't tell you how much that makes me feel good like this makes me feel like our next step might be a ted talk <laughs> <laughs> yeah now i mean obviously this is kind of outside of the context of your 
from your nephew, but it really does show how far we've come uh, as a society and as a, a group of learned people trying to dis- discuss mental issues and sexuality and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, how far we've come that uh, uh, a therapist would legit be like, hey, there's a zoo-positive podcast you should check out and, mm-hmm. you know, try to meet people in the zoo community. You really yeah. got lucky because that stuff is really going to help your nephew um, in a way that, like, trying to pray away the gay, but, you know, zoo would definitely just not have. Mm-hmm. Or trying to be like, you know, this is a thing that you have to suppress. Like, these are urges you it, can't... It shows an understanding out there that zoosexuality is not inherently pathological mm-hmm. and and that, um, that it can be a part of a, a healthy human life, basically. Yeah. Absolutely. And it can also be a part of alleviating the trauma that someone has been through mm-hmm. since they were fucking seven years old. Right. Oof. It's a lot. You know, um, obviously, we're not licensed therapists. We can only kind of give ideas uh, from our own experience as zoosexuals. <sighs> but I think your therapist has put you on the right track. And I, if I were you as a guardian... I'd be incredibly thankful for that. And I think you may not know how to be thankful for it yet, but I think down the line, you absolutely will be. Best wishes for for navigating yeah. that. It, mm. It's going to yeah. be a couple, couple years. Yeah. yeah. And to please keep in touch. Please keep in touch. Oh my gosh, please. Yes. If there is anything that we can do other than, you know, make positive content, let us know. Um, you know, it's usually not our policy to speak to anyone under the age of 18 for various reasons, but I will say zookommunity.org does offer a resource for people 13 and over to speak freely while not allowing adult content or sexual conversations so you can, you know, have that space for your nephew without having to worry about things getting weird. Um, You can also sign up again as an uncle and ask questions, seek advice. You can see everything that's on that board that your nephew could see, and maybe even a little more. Um, so you can kind of feel it out yourself. Make sure that this is a place that feels safe to you, so that you feel comfortable allowing your nephew to explore that space uh, without having to worry about him in an online place where, you know, I imagine everyone seems a little scary when you've been through that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. you being able to be there as well will probably give you a little bit of peace of mind all right well thank you for allowing me to be a part of this email you guys i don't want to hijack the episode from you anymore so i'm gonna go ahead and let y'all get to it sounds good thanks dogs all right bye guys so moving on to our next email uh this comes from arctic and alone and the subject is small town syndrome arctic and alone says good day fellow zoos i came by your website through another partner website it's nice to feel that there are people who think the same way as i do i come from a small community where everyone knows everyone which makes it very hard to open up about the urges and feelings i have towards canines i've been a zoophile since my early teens with a couple of experiences with the black lab of my aunts In my adult years, I've been way more careful of trying anything new. I've also opened up to my partner about my fetish, and she was pretty good about it. Not mad or disappointed or grossed out, but we've clearly communicated the risks and that she will not participate in the acts. 
The risks of people finding out and our children suffering from being branded as the kids whose father plays with animals, lol. But it's nice to find an outlet and support system with your podcasts. Our community would definitely run us out of town, so to speak. I've been trying to find outlets and supports, so it's nice to find your podcasts and hear of people going through the same things. Just thought I'd send an email and thank all of you for being so open and supportive towards our fellow zoo lovers. Well, Arctic and Loon, thank you for writing in. Uh, it's always nice to hear from our listeners. Glad that it's having positive influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say that your position is not unique. Um, I have met fellow zoos that are in the exact same predicament as yourself, and it is rough. Um, like our previous email, it's going to take that communication that's truly without boundaries uh, between you, your your partner, and what have you. So, as far as the risks of uh, people finding out, um, I know there's any number of zoos who can sympathize with you on that um and we all have different challenges but it's a risk to any of us to be known personally as zoos and uh, that's exactly what we are trying to change that should not be a risk factor for anybody um nobody should have to feel that anybody might find out they're a zoo because there's nothing wrong with it and so that's what we're trying to change with this podcast. So we we hope that you feel that coming through as well. So we noticed, by the way, that you, you frame this in your email as a, a fetish. Um, you use the term urges uh, towards canines uh, without wanting to um, shame or disrespect anybody's own honest feelings. Um, we here on the podcast uh, don't typically think of our sexuality in terms of uh, fetishization there's there's right. so much involved um you know personally like i mean i have kinks and fetishes uh that i enjoy and even uh love but are in a very different class to me than my zoophilia uh they're things that i enjoy but don't need um you know they're, they're fun games that press certain buttons, and, and, and those are real parts of my sexuality. But uh, I experience uh, my zoo sexuality the same way that I experience my um, human-directed sexuality. It's, you know, a fundamental part of me that, um, you know, that I feel very deeply. So I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, you have to be real with yourself about how you feel um, is are your feelings toward non-humans um, purely sexual are they things that you need to experience uh, do you consider non-humans to be fully valid persons people uh, are their lives just as valuable to you as a human being's life etc um, generally for for us on the podcast, the answers are very resounding yeses to all those questions. Um, very much so. Yeah. They're, you know, animals are not um, objects to us. They're not means to our sexual fulfillments. Um, they are sentient entities capable yeah, of independence. And, I, and I'm saying this is somebody who's mated to a dog who is... Um, you know, the pinnacle of sexual attraction for me, uh, 
but who was fixed at a very young age and so sex is not possible between me and her and who still uh, loves this dog absolutely as a spouse and um, only more and more every day. Um, so to me, you know, to be a zoo is, is something that, uh, you know, I, I can't put into to words how central that is to my life, you know? So I don't know how it is to you. Um, if that's something that, uh, if it were to come out, if your children were to find out how you would handle that, I mean, I don't know, you know, I don't have children, but I do know, I do know zoos who do have children. And, um, uh, you know what, we should ask, uh, we should ask Steve how he would, uh, how he would handle this, I think. Or, you know, I'm literally in somebody's house right now that is in the exact same position, mm-hmm. um, which they were actually wanting to know if we had a need for their situation to help others out so uh, we might ask them to be a guest on a future episode to address this specific email now I have to say about this comment uh, our community would definitely run us out of town Um, this podcast was founded by the most open zoo of all time who you know lived in western Pennsylvania and he was known to everyone in town as a zoo you know There, there was nobody who didn't know who that guy was. Um, he did not get run out of town. Now, I don't know what his daily interactions with people were, but... Uh, oh, we uh, went all over the place. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I, I went to uh, to lunch with him and, uh, you know, nobody hassled us at all. I got to imagine there are a lot of different responses. But the, the, the point is that, you know, he didn't... Uh, he didn't seem to, as far as I know, and Zeman, you can tell me more about this. He didn't seem to suffer a lot of grief from townsfolk for being a zoo. Uh, no, absolutely that, not. The yeah. local coffee shop we would go to um, hugs all around, uh, you know, mm-hmm. talking about our day, our week, um, talking about uh, mother-in-law and all that. And mm-hmm. it was very jovial and uh, no no kind of side eye or uh, yeah. what have you ostracization that's what I'm looking for none of that and you know that that fear of, of um, social disapproval and ostracization looms large in all our minds as is and I think it's good to keep in mind that in real life you know it's been my personal experience that people are a lot more able to accept than than you might expect um, now, of course, yeah, there, there are people who are going to make a big deal and who might try to, to fuck up your life. Um, and they are, you know, some of them are dangerous. Some of them are very dangerous. Yep. But I think that the fear of being run out of town is, um, it speaks a lot more to um, the uh, the ingrained fear um, of the individual than it does the actual social situation. And we have good reason to have that fear ingrained. You know, it's been pressed upon us. Um, but we have to keep in mind that uh, real life human beings are uh, different from, you know, our projections of them. They, they always behave in ways that we didn't expect. So, um, don't let that fear of being found out rule your life because 
if you really truly are not doing anything that any sane person, if they knew the full details, would condemn you for, then have a little bit of faith in the rest of the people around you that they will, if not necessarily see you for what you are, then not see you for what you aren't. Well said. Our next email comes for Casper Z. Casper Z writes, Hey guys, want to start off saying thank you. Your podcast made me realize that I wasn't alone as a zoo and introduced me to the community. But lately, I've been feeling like a lesser zoo. I've never had a sexual relationship with a non-human and personally don't think I would in the future. Does this make me less of a zoo? Well, Casper Z, uh, thank you for writing in. I'm glad to hear that you are enjoying the podcast so far. And let me say that just because you haven't been in a relationship with a non-human does not negate how you feel. Right. Your feelings are what they are, regardless of uh, whether or not you've expressed them in the way that you uh, wish to, for sure. And anybody who wants to tell you that you're a lesser zoo or that you're not really a zoo for not having had, you know, whatever sex you want is, I mean, fuck that person, dude. You don't, you don't need that shit. That's somebody who's um, projecting their insecurities onto you. So don't, don't buy it. Um, you know who and what you're about. So um, that's your metric. But I hope okay. that helps you, Casper. And um, I mean, keep in touch regardless. Moving along. A Brodent writes in next... I know a certain Brodent, and this subject is the Halloween episode. <laughs> and Great Brodent episode. says, <laughs> Last episode was fantastic as always. Thank you. I really appreciate the Sawin ritual near the end. I've lost loved ones, two legs and four, and it was nice to have a sobering moment of reflection for them. Thank you for being so caring and promoting a positive and loving Zooey community. Love, a Brodent. P.S. That werewolf song fucking slaps. Been listening to it on repeat for like an hour. You are definitely right in my opinion. That werewolf song was fucking dynamite, dude. <laughs> <An hour>. That's <laughs> amateur. It was, it was it's fucking been on dope all as fuck. weekend, seventy-two hours. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I definitely agree that the ritual was was very powerful and moving. Um, it personally gave me the. The opportunity to say one of the goodbyes to a very, very special feline in my life who, um, you know, I've been grieving the, the past five years or so. And um, it's definitely helping to put some of those feelings to bed finally. Feel you there. We've all we've all lost we've all lost people. Yep. I think it it helps profoundly to acknowledge those losses and to grieve together, you know. Um, Losing somebody that you love is, is such a it's it's such a lonely experience, mm. and I think that it, it that it does help to take the edge off of it a little bit when we all feel that together and acknowledge that we're feeling that together. Thank you, a Brodent. Our last email comes from Underdog, but not that Underdog. Dog writes an amazing episode. First time responding, so hopefully I'm doing this correctly. Just wanted to chime in on Dog's email. It's hit close to home. It was almost eerie. But then again, I'm sure countless zoos have been through the same ordeal. I ended up getting started and becoming more active or exploring my sexuality much later than I would have liked. I didn't know a soul. I was stuck in the era of VHS format. (laughs) 
Have you ever tried to hide a VHS tape in an 8x10 room? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've hidden VHS Maybe? tapes. Yeah. Maybe. Living with my folks made things even more difficult. Thankfully, it took Beast Form and one good zoo friend to get me to become more active and motivated to become way more independent. Things only blossomed from there. Attending more meets, conventions, etc. My biggest regret and disgust with myself was how late in life I found the courage and resources to make the changes I think were necessary to define me as a zoo. Miletzi's book, Understanding Bestiality and Zoophilia, was my Bible and helped to develop me tremendously. I still, to this day, can't thank her enough. Fast forward to the, this day, I've become so much more antisocial after my many meets and experiences, only clutching to my very longtime friends whom I cherish dearly. Slowly, I'm becoming involved in your podcast, and I'm truly thankful to you guys for such an informative show, and it's truly fantastic. Thanks for writing in, Underdog. Yep. Uh, VHS, that's rough. Like, the only thing worse <laughs> than that could be in Betamax, but, you know. You know, I never I never had access to a Betamax, but somebody told me that it was, like, actually higher quality than VHS or something like that. It was, it was. Uh, and they were smaller cassettes, uh, but I think, I don't know, because they were slightly before my time, I was... Laserdisc was the big thing when I was young. Anyway. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Laserdisc. Try hiding one of those. I dare you. Uh, yeah, yeah. A movie on, on eight record-sized CDs. <laughs> <laughs> you had to flip over it like an hour or something. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I, still, I still have one, but anyway. Um, so, first of all, um, no regrets, no disgust with yourself. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. There are many zoos that don't find the courage to uh, accept this part this part of themselves even though it's it's who they are it's it should be mm -hmm. normal it should be naturalized um, yeah. but because of social stigma um, we aren't allowed that freedom of choice to to accept ourselves so there is no room for judgment or from anybody yeah. let alone yourself so no regrets and, to discuss please and, and let me just say that like i i know that feelings of regret especially um can be you know n understanding that that's maybe something that you shouldn't indulge or that isn't going to do you good to indulge is different from actually being able to stop doing that um you know i still regret all the time not coming to terms with my sexuality and many other things until you know my mid-30s and you know it, it's been a process that's really only um hit its stride in the past couple of years it's it's impossible to not feel that those pangs of regret of you know god i wish i had come to terms a lot earlier in my life etc cetera, etc cetera. um but there's no need to um you know acknowledge those those feelings uh but don't voluntarily uh allow them to continue longer than you need to in order to acknowledge and process and um, move past them because they tend to keep you mired in themselves you know regret is a feeling that kind of wants to prolong itself and as long as you're uh, weighed down with regret you're not moving forward so it's it's hard I know but definitely um, do, do you make, make the moves that you can to move past regret. Let let that regret um, propel you into the future rather than keep you in the past, is what I'm trying to say. 
leave those VHSs in the past where they belong and welcome or, yeah, make some digital copies if they're any good but uh, but otherwise yeah leave them in the past <laughs> <laughs> fair point fair point <laughs> yeah and underdog um, definitely cling to your uh, your longtime friends your true friends um I don't know what your <clears throat> what your process was of becoming more antisocial, but uh, let me just say that there are other true people. Um, there are other uh, authentic people out there, friends that you haven't met yet. I, I would say do what you can to to open yourself up to those people, um, while not abandoning those who have been with you all this time either. But just know that there there are those out there, uh, out here, who um, really are well-intentioned toward other people and especially toward other zoos and who really do want an actual community that cares about and takes care of its members. Uh, thank you, all your all writers, for writing in to the podcast. Uh, we definitely love to hear from your experiences, your, your life, your troubles, and we want to help uh, as much as we can. Uh, and support you. So thank you for writing in. We'll be back right after this with more Zooey goodness. This week's podcast is brought to you by JLube. When you need lube, think JLube. Whether for your four-wheelers or four-leggers, we make your ride impeccably smooth. Enjoy hours and hours of friction-free fun. Great for slip and slides, too. And also by the makers of Snack Mask. Jealous of your paramour's ability to snack while on the go? That feedback looking mighty convenient? Look no further than the Snack Mask. Enjoy discreet snacking while munching on favorites such as peanut butter, apples, bananas, six-inch subs. There's no limit to what you can stuff in your face. Discreetly. Snack Mask. Yum. And finally, anyone who posts her episodes and clips on YouTube by visiting zootube.zoo.wtf. I guess we can now say, viewers like you, which of course means we're as legitimate as NPR and PBS, but for zoos. Brought to you by Zooers Like You. The change was so gradual, I didn't notice. We just... The spark was gone, you know? I met her through a friend on Fur Affinity. She was amazing. We had so much in common. It was like talking to... Your best friend for the first time. We grew really close. Dated for a while. He asked me to move in. I thought we had it all. We did everything together. Commissions, VR. Our friends and families all got along. The sex was... Sex was fabulous. At first. Yeah. Then we sort of started to drift apart a little. It all felt routine. I didn't want to sound like I was complaining. How could I? She wasn't doing anything wrong. I didn't want to tell him. I never planned to tell anybody. It was just too personal. We shared everything, but does that really mean we can't keep anything to ourselves? I don't know. I started feeling like she wasn't okay with something I said or did or wasn't doing. I mean, we had boundaries, but we were always so careful to respect them and talk. How do you even talk about this? Yeah, everybody we know was always chill when it came up. But it was always someone else, or a joke. 
This was real. It was us now. It eats at you. Something isn't right. Something has to change. Or maybe it's because... Something's missing. Every day, somewhere in the world, this scene unfolds for a loving couple who find themselves at a crossroads. The magic fades, and old, forgotten needs suddenly vie for attention. It could take months, years, or even decades. But someday, change confronts them. Conventional treatment options help, but may not cure. Hopelessness sets in, and sadly, many never recover. But no more! Introducing Zootech, the first prescription supplement of its kind, clinically proven to restore confidence, communication, and trust in your closest relationships. Zootech is safe and effective for use by men, women, trans, and non-binary people of all sexual orientations and lifestyles, regardless of existing medications. I started doing research looking for anybody like me who could help. I found so many. I had no idea they were all out there, just regular people with the same thing in common. And they all said to try. Zootech, we all share our computer most of the time, and uh, I started seeing different ads, and one for Zootech caught my eye. Everyone knows ads are all clickbait garbage, but this was out of nowhere, so I checked it out. I knew a lot of us were, um, into that, but it never bothered me much. Art is art, right? Then it all made sense. Yeah, <laughs> busted. But for once, I'm glad the internet did its thing. It finally made us talk, and we already knew almost everything the other had to say, so we called our doctor. Zootech is probably for everyone. Side effects are generally validating and hilarious, and may include momentary doubt, dermal abrasions, an overwhelming sense of fullness, hands-free orgasm, time compression, difficulty walking or sitting, untrustworthy flatulence, hyper-awareness of nonverbal communication, greater empathy for all living things, a lasting sense of personal fulfillment, and the inability to consume animal products, which may be permanent. Talk to your doctor right away if you experience impatience with Twitter accounts under 18 years of age, frustration with mainstream portrayals of interspecies intimacy, or if you feel compelled to rescue animals from crappy homes and be their happily ever after. These side effects can be managed with lifestyle changes and dose adjustments. What a difference! Finally, we can be our whole selves with each other, and that's what matters most. Zootech definitely made it easier for me to explore with her. Turns out it wasn't a big deal after all, and I've found some things I like too. The biggest decision we have to make now is what breed should we add to the family. What do you say to a shepherd mix, babe? Uh, I was thinking Clydesdale. Wait, wait, really? Talk to your doctor today to find out if Zootech is right for you. Zootech, like you never imagined. If you can't afford your medication, Zoo Community may be able to help. The Zoo Sexual Community has plenty of internal divisions, just like any diverse group. They spend as much time arguing with each other as they spend arguing with their opponents. It's funny that in a group dedicated to including all species, so many members want to exclude others. So rad is standing on tippy toes, so it goes. With all my bus on the chain, but lion wrapped in the echo. Just dispose of foes as closely for new lows. Let the tread the black water with my nose held closed. Can find all the filth without singing below. Solar stones set to finally reap what you sow. You borrow time from yourself, you don't form alone. A sudden self owned, seen by all those you've known. Stupendous, your careless keystroke left you friendless. Trustless and aimless, canceled and breathless. Snap comes the noose, too tight for the fresh air. The same fate awaits those who sit unaware. It'll Company too, then I started from zero. Can simply be human, gotta be perfect a hero. Through the 
stars and my standards demand that you show Till you do my friends and I will give you nothing but woe These pussy ass kids got no self-respect Got too many feelings, not enough intellect Yes, me ain't none of these kids worth a damn But I bet y'all are wondering just who I am I'm the master debater, creating logic and facts Don't listen to no rumors about how rude I act That distracts from my message I know more than you, meaning none of y'all can judge me for the petty shit I do Y'all can laugh but it's true How many papers you read? How many rumors you spread? On you on how many threads? And that's just the dumb fucks who come a whining on Twitter Been banned several times but I'll just come back a winner And if you really take me off I'll run you down with my car My 12 gauge locked and loaded sweet cheeks That's too far? Then run back to your daddy Let him teach you some manners Or else go back to the monkey house and keep eating your nanners Cleansing playmores and slam doors till the end of time. A tidal wave digging our own grave. Playing solo with suicide, don't they know? Time for battle, knives out. Shouting matches online. Cleansing playmores and slam doors till the end of time. A tidal wave digging our own grave. If we're gonna be like crabs in a bucket, fuck it. The battle lines were drawn, the new guard and the old. With brains and brawn, they set upon each other uncontrolled, slinging garbage barrages, damning each other as vile, purging no one from their ranks but stirring gallons of bile. The pile of pugilists pummeled potential partners to powder made even minor disagreements demolitions but louder so crowd around and hear your history we've been here before back then we shattered fell to tatters to a lover of gore Gotta see your cyber sec is risible I'm a ghost on the net, I'm completely invisible No one sees me or knows me, and that's just how I like it Living out in the wilderness with my partner with spy kit A rinse in a metal, kettle of tea on the stove No other humans allowed in a quiet forest grove Fuck humans, who needs them? They're bastards at heart Not a one of them good, not a one of them smart That's why I stick to animals, they're honest and true We'll stab you in the back, unlike every single one of you Fuck you, humanity's a cancer on the soul The more I know, the less I like them running out of control I have exactly one friend and she's on four feet Never ask for anything Just affection and a treat Never needs a boost to ego So giving is sweet Now if you'll excuse me My baby's in heat That's it, enough bickering It sickens me honestly Listen to me Cause your quarrels Bear more errors than comedy Hey Gen Z, nobody's perfect Quit dismissing your friends Or spend a lifetime Flinging fire That can never quite cleanse Mr. Tough Guy So high and mighty Up on your throne We can win this fight Without your spite Without your heart of stone And the cynic Far too finicky You wanna run and hide? Well we tried before And lost the war It's not that cut and dry Mr. Pepe had an easy Path to make his wrath the law Left a generation buried Terrified of what they saw Only now we're climbing up Out of the pit of our flaws And it all could be undone By pulling down with our claws Time for battle Knives out Shouting matches online Cleansing playmores and slam doors Till the end of time A tidal wave Digging our own grave Playing solo with suicide Don't they know Time for battle Knives out Shouting matches online Cleansing playmores and slam doors Till the end of time A tidal wave Digging our own grave If we're gonna, gonna be, be like, like crabs in a bucket, bucket Fuck it Time for battle Knives out Matches online. Cleansing playmores and slam doors till the end of time. A tidal wave, digging our own grave. Playing solo with suicide, don't they know? Time for battle, knives out. Shouting matches online. Cleansing playmores and slam doors till the end of time. A tidal wave, digging our own grave. If we're gonna be like crabs in a bucket, fuck it. And we're back, folks. Let me just take out this snack mask. Yes, indeed, folks. Nothing so convenient as a snack mask for driving long distance. 
Okay, maybe not all that convenient, but it sure is hilarious watching reactions. So I think that before getting into the thick of this miles-long episode, it should be pointed out that while we're discussing or mentioning products, services, or locations, none, as far as we're aware of, have endorsed or approached the podcast for mention here today. That's right. Though we'd love to be in a world where lovers of every species can coexist, we're working towards that dream. And in the meantime, let's hit the road. So I guess really the first question would be, what's it like? What's the constant travel life really look like? Is it easy? Is it comfortable? Is it private enough? Is it, is it? Well, coming in a little hot and heavy, and while I'm ready for you, (laughs) anytime, by the way, let's start with the basics. Basic 101 being any planning should have your non-human traveler's needs met first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Because you can plan for yourself, you can adapt it rapidly. Your, your four-legged companions, they look to you for shelter, for security, for love, for companionship, mm-hmm. and you have to think of them first and foremost. Absolutely. With that in mind, the biggest thing that's going to come first is going to be space. How do you fit a giant dog? For me, like a Kangal, a giant uh, behemoth of a dog. Call it a pony on a train ride. Yeah, <laughs> that happened. Uh and any future companions in my RV or truck or car, or what mm-hmm. have you. Uh, and the easy way to explain it is this. I planned for it. Uh, planned ahead. I, you know, I'm generally attracted to larger companions. Um, so I spent months searching for something I could be comfortable in. Uh, but most importantly, they had to be comfortable because if I had three or four of them, uh, that narrows uh, choices out but it was more important than my own because i can sleep on the dashboard i've done it before it's comfortable actually you should try it Um, but after all there are sadly times i can't bring you know ash along and i want him to become comfortable when i'm Mm -hmm. absent Uh, by the way his favorite place is on the dash where Mm -hmm. i've slept Uh, and i've tried to deter that because i'm so afraid of him pushing out the windshield (laughs) Because of how heavy he is, and I'm, I just see it. He's going to push out the windshield while I'm gone or while we're driving down the road, and bad things are going to happen. So uh, I'm actually building a dash where that's prevented, uh, but in the meantime. Now, you live in an RV, so you've got a decent amount of space for you and even one large dog. Um Personally, uh, I've just got a you know commuter vehicle that I did get with uh, dog transportation in mind, um, and I did take it on a road trip for several weeks. But in my case, as far as space goes, you know, I did th- I did my trip knowing that I was going to be staying with people, that I was going to be staying in motels, and that I would only spend occasional nights in the car, and so that worked out fine. Um, mm-hmm. But if I were going to spend serious amounts of time on the road, of course, I would want more than just a, you know, a passenger vehicle uh, for me and a canine right. companion. Now, when I met my mate last year, uh, we immediately needed to take a trip uh, halfway across the country, uh, packing both of us and our canine mates in the car. And our mates did not get along mm-hmm. in a big way at first. And so, uh, you know, packing two dogs into a car with a whole bunch of personal belongings and two two two-leggers 
when the when the dogs did not get along was um, challenging. It was definitely a trial right off the bat. Yeah. So <laughs> these are things to think about when you're deciding to you know take trips either as vacations or as uh, necessities, or if you're deciding to live on the road. That you know if you have. Um, especially, you know, a canine companion and you either come across or decide to bring with you another canine, uh, things can go from mellow to severely not mellow rapidly. Correct. Very yeah. much so. Had that happen this year, mm-hmm. actually. Do tell. Oh. Um, I was traveling with <laughs> a uh, friend and uh, he had uh, two companions and one was very... He was very temperamental with his space, mm-hmm. and uh, at times it became uncomfortable. And there's uh, one small incident uh, that was taken care of, but they did get in an altercation. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody was severely hurt, thankful, uh, thankful mm-hmm. for that. But uh, it did happen, and it, it kind of changed the dynamic right. a little bit. But it, it wasn't anything we couldn't handle. Gotcha. Now, in the case of, of me and my mate. Um, that's not something that I would have done. I would not have put these two dogs in an enclosed space for any amount of time without them knowing each other and being comfortable with each other under any other circumstance. But it was an emergency and we just had to move. And so we, we made it happen, but it was a pretty close thing. I mean, they, they, it was pretty close to not happening, to be honest with you. Um, so when you can plan ahead, do so. Now, uh, last summer when I did that road trip, uh, halfway through it, I did come across a puppy that somebody couldn't keep and wanted to um, not get rid of, but wanted them to be basically taken away because uh, the the situation they were in was not safe either. And so uh, I took this puppy mm-hmm. and traveled with them for about a week and uh, brought them to a new mm-hmm. human. Um, who is very, very uh, happy with them. Uh, not as zoo as it happens, but um, somebody who... I loved meeting him, by the way. He yeah, was yeah, he was, he was a little spitfire. <laughs> um, but that was, that was how I learned that, uh, that my girl, who was about two years old at the time, was absolutely not a, fa- uh, was not a fan of puppy energy because she was <laughs> pissed about this whole... Yeah, this 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 little guy who just uh, did not understand uh, yet concepts of personal space and so on. Um, so mm-hmm. she was very annoyed. Uh, there was no danger in that situation. Um, she disciplined him a few times, but she never came close to anything more than you know uh, an adult dog correcting a, a young dog for being an obnoxious little twerp. Um, <laughs> but. Um, so that was another situation in which, you know, I didn't plan for that to happen. It just came up and uh, that was preferable to leaving that puppy in the situation that he was in. Mm-hmm. You've got to share an update photo with me. Sometime. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's a he's a handsome, handsome man now. Um, yeah, he's, he's really gorgeous. And he was actually incredibly well behaved um, for uh, for being I think he was like eight weeks old or ten weeks old or something and he would basically just crawl onto my lap and and go to sleep for you know eight or nine hours however long we were driving for so he was uh, he was a great little uh, road companion for that week so basically what I'm trying to say is uh, when you live on the road just as other times you do have to expect the unexpected so 
you know, in my case, I had mm-hmm. to take this puppy to the vet right away because he had intestinal parasites and um, a couple of other things going on. And that was, you know, five or six hundred dollars that I wasn't expecting to have to spend that I suddenly did, um, as well as just making accommodations, you know, in the middle of this trip for this puppy, which worked out. Mm-hmm. But it's it's good to try to think ahead to these kinds of things and um, perform thought experiments about how would you handle various situations, preferably ones that are realistically, if not necessarily probable, that certainly could happen. I call those what ifs. Exactly. But with planning ahead, uh, even the the biggest plans, the best plans go awry. Uh, for instance planning a, a place to park your RV or your truck or car and you find out space outside your vehicle is too small or cramped or not private enough. Um, personally, uh, I live by, if you're looking in the windows of my house, dog, help your eyeballs. <laughs> and don't come after me for your invasion of our privacy. Get minded your own business. <laughs> Exactly. That's why I don't have a privacy screen for my phone. If you're looking on my phone, you deserve to see whatever you see. (laughs) So on the legal side, though, this isn't on our side. So uh, two leggers will be nosy because they have nothing else better to do. Um, So I've put in uh, newer curtain tracks for my RV. I've put in tinted windows. I put in sunshades uh, to not only block out heat to make it more comfortable for us, uh, light to make it uh, easier to sleep and maintain uh, circadian rhythms and noise, but also provide that privacy. Mm -hmm. But uh, with a little pre-planning like we've been talking about, uh, you can forgo that little conundrum, uh, but provide the best environment for your furry companions. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, the best tools that I found to plan ahead. With my pre-planning, I use a few things uh, to make sure that Ash can go wherever I want to go uh, and do whatever I want to do. Uh, and then he tells me what he wants to do and plans change. So it goes out the window. But uh, website Bring Fido is great for finding restaurants. Um, it's especially since you can search for vegetarian and vegan restaurants with patio seating, it is a godsend. Mm-hmm. It is fantastic. They even give you pictures and reviews and they're like, oh, ask for pieces of bacon. They'll give it to you for free. (laughs) Awesome. Um, That actually does remind me that uh, during my trip, uh, finding out places that had patio seating was definitely a big part of that, you know, because I don't leave my girl in the car. No, no. Even if it's, you know, comfortable 65 with a 10 mile an hour breeze, 30 percent humidity, gorgeous sun. Nope, not leaving in the car. He does not deserve that. So with my RV uh, parking it, finding a place, uh, all stays, spelled just like it sounds, all stays, or uh, dirt with a Y instead of I. Those two apps, uh, they do have a paid portion of it, whatever, it's rather cheap. But all stays, I will say, gets updated on a regular basis. Allstays meshes with your GPS and has coordinates. It has GPS coordinates. It has links inside the app to go to your different GPS apps, uh, website reviews, pictures, uh, even uh, up-to-date information. Say, for instance, 
I want to stay at a Walmart parking lot. For whatever reason, <laughs> it'll tell you this Walmart is safe to park at, this one is uh-huh. not. And then it will say, you know, six months ago, somebody stayed in the parking lot. They were woken up at 2 a.m. from security. Don't park there ever again. And so it's pretty uh, up to date. And it's, it tells you if there's a little clearance, if they sell propane, uh, if they're dog friendly. It's I cannot say enough uh, good things about all states. It's just I can find a place to stay within 10 minutes of deciding to go there. It's it's that good. So with Bring Fido and with All Stays, um, they do help. They have activities that you can find, um, dog parks or dog-friendly events going on in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. or uh, if you have a muddy pup, a mudroom that you can just hose them down and have a good time, get wet. Splash around, wrestle, have a little fun. Yep. Planning through uh <clears throat> when I when I made my route last year, I mean planning around dog parks was a big part of that. You know, because I know that for her, mm-hmm. you know, I was doing a pretty insane amount of miles. So I was doing a lot of, you know, eight and ten and sometimes fourteen hour drives. So for her being stuck in the car for that amount of time, you know, could be hellish. So I made sure to, you know, put dog parks every six hours if possible. It wasn't always possible, but I would, you know, try to spend, you know, one hour out of every six or seven at a dog park or some kind of dog friendly area. Um, The best ones I found being, you know, the big off leash areas, which, um, you know, one was uh, a beautiful one in Pennsylvania. Uh, There's another fantastic one in uh, Denver. Uh, Cherry Creek is the name of that one. Um, So there are some really beautiful places around this country that you can find to let your dog run to their heart's content and not necessarily have to be confined to, you know, maybe an acre of rectangle fenced in. Right. Cherry Park, uh, when we visited, it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Great weather. Um, and it's ginormous. Yeah, I think it's like 109 acres, if I remember correctly. It's something like that. And part of it's fenced, part of it's not, because it butts up against the the wildlife area. But right. um, but if you don't have a dog that's going to just take the fuck off, then you're pretty safe in there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's boundaries of the wilderness area, I believe, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, the, the so. woods get pretty thick. Yeah, so that was beautiful. And that was actually where my mate and I, Canis, had our first date, as it turned out. I didn't know that it was our first date at the time, but it turned out that it was. So I'm happy that it happened there. <laughs> that's, that's a beautiful place to have it. Mm-hmm. So, And the great thing about living on the road is a lot of people are accommodating, um, especially when you go traveling and have to make a pit stop at a uh, grocery store, like local grocery stores, they love seeing animals come in. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when Doug and I were traveling for a little bit, uh, we went to a Kroger just randomly. And while Ash was still a puppy, we were introducing him to the hustle and bustle of a grocery store. Now, it was like 30 minutes before they closed, but there were still people in there. And there was a time for socializing and getting to know uh, what other people around sounded like. and. Uh, different smells and, and what have you. Uh, hardware stores are probably the biggest opportunity for socializing and, and just having a little walk that's not necessarily a dog park, not necessarily a people socialization, mm-hmm. but uh, just having them out and being, you know. 
you know, it's, it's like holding hands down the park or something. I don't know. Visiting a hard like tractor supply company. It feels like a date. Like going there, <laughs> mm-hmm. and everybody is just appreciating the the handsomeness that Ash exudes. And- <laughs> yeah, you know, um, having a dog is probably the most amazing icebreaker that I've ever had in my life. Um, as far as taking dogs into places, you know, I always kind of presumed that most establishments wouldn't allow dogs. And it was actually on that trip last year uh, that one of the zoos I met was like, well, why aren't you going to bring her in? And I was like, well, this is a Baskin Robbins. Can't bring a dog into a restaurant. And he's like, I don't think they'll care. I'll go in and ask. And, you know, he asked. And I think that they, if the manager was there, they wouldn't have allowed it, but they weren't. So they, they let her on in and they gave her some ice cream. Uh, and after that, you know, I pretty much just started to bring her in everywhere that didn't explicitly prohibit non-service animal, uh, non-humans. Mm-hmm. And uh, so far in my experience, most places will let you bring dogs in, you know, um, uh, mailing places, you know, like a local mom and pop uh, post offices and uh, any kind of store that doesn't specifically have, you know, food service going on, you know, grocery store won't allow that, but pretty much everywhere that isn't a grocery store seems to be pretty much okay with it. And, you know, on one or two occasions, they asked me to, to take her out and it's like, okay, that's fine. But so that was, that was something that I learned on that trip that, um, most places are actually pretty dog friendly and, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, having a dog with you is something that makes it a lot easier to socialize with other human beings. I find, you know, uh, something that has so. a little bit of difficulty so. there, you know, and that's an argument for mom and pop shops because most of the time they're com- they love to have our companions with us mm-hmm. and, uh, to, to be able to patronize mom and pop shops in addition to having ash along with me it's Mm -hmm. just a wonderful opportunity so and that's the other thing just not treating your animal companion as though they were an object that you could just store when it became inconvenient for you you know i i didn't bring a dog into my life in order to uh, treat her as you know an object or an accessory to my life you know she's my companion i want her with me all the time so Mm-hmm. bringing her with Very me so. everywhere you know was it was definitely you know we were much more bonded after that trip than before it right and i find that actually i get very panicky when ash is not around like mm-hmm. if i do not have him uh nearby i get you know anxious uh, i wonder if he's having a good time if he's enjoying uh, whatever uh, act he's participating in and mm-hmm. i just i just want to be Make sure that he has the best life possible. So, Absolutely. Uh, I get nervous that I, I'm not doing that when he's not around. So. Mm-hmm. so we have our plan of where we're going. We have a way to get there. What are we going to take with us? You might be asking yourself at this point. Maybe not. You might be reveling in the handsomeness of your companion. Or so when you ask what you're, what we're taking, I'm assuming you're not talking about something like this uh, not shaped bong I'm ripping into, right? No, however, that is gorgeous. I'm going to have to fondle it and maybe stash it somewhere later on. God, that sounds delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can do all the fondling you want. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I will take my leisure and explore that wonderland of a body. I'm trying to make a lyric joke here, but it's not working. So anyway. um, But seriously, 
on the subject of medicine and uh, taking care of the needs that might come up on the road. Yeah, um, any kind of medical necessity or uh, emergency situation, you've got to be prepared for uh, because on the side of the road, you're not going to have a, a vet hospital or if, if you do, count yourself lucky. But uh, Doug and I uh, collaborated. He had a great kit. I had a eh, decent kit because I had just started out. Uh, and then we combined the two and lo and behold, it's amazing. So he, we combined it and t- have everything from gauze to, and bandages to vet wraps and scissors and needles um, to syringes. Uh, I carry a large vial of ivermectin uh, so I can deworm ash on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. We have a supply of trauma doll because mm-hmm. uh, if you do have a serious injury, you don't want them yelping in pain or biting at you in pain. Uh, and it just eases uh, their suffering so that you can take care of them. Sure. Uh, amoxicillin is a great general antibiotic. I have a supply of that. Uh, Benadryl or antihistamine. Uh, I think we have children's if I remember correctly, just because it's low dosage. Mm -hmm. Um, Some gloves, sutures. uh, We do have scalpel blades, uh, alcohol, antiseptic wipes. Those are going to sting. They are going to lash out in pain. Be prepared for that, for for alcohol wipes. Uh, Q-tips, condoms. Yes, condoms are a serious thing. Need both Magnum and Magnum XXL. Mm -hmm. One, because I'm hung like a pony. (laughs) Yep. And two, if you need to make a dressing truly watertight, condoms are going to be one of your best tools, and they make handy tourniquets. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool thing, condoms. And so. let me add to that, uh, tweezers are a good thing. Um, I don't know about you, but my girl has stepped on a couple of sharp things when I've taken her out to go potty around uh, gas stations and such. Luckily, mm-hmm. the couple of times that that's happened, uh, I've been able to just pull them out with my fingers. Um little spiny plant pods or something, but incredibly sharp. But, you know, I see broken glass on the ground all the time. Um, So tweezers are definitely going to be a thing. And um, CBD, I got to say, CBD for anxiety. I've had times in which CBD has made the difference between, you know, an anxiety freak out and not. Um, Can also help uh, strange dogs be a little bit more um, calm with each other when they would otherwise not be. I've had that happen as well. Is uh, there a specific uh, application of that? Uh, like a- It's oral. Um, I, I can't recommend a specific brand because the one that I would like to recommend I can't find anymore, unfortunately. But if you can find CBD Isolate, which when I got came as a powder, although it more commonly, especially when it's made for non-humans, comes as a uh, an oil Mm-hmm. tincture, uh, usually coconut oil that you can administer with a uh, dropper. Um, and you can put that in their food or just uh, put it in their mouth. Um, and I've had that, uh, you know, if I didn't witness what it did, I wouldn't believe somebody else. But um, I, I've had it calm down dogs who were, you know, on the verge of getting into a fight before. Not that you can rely on it to to uh, prevent fights and things. I don't want to suggest that, but it can definitely help mellow things out and your dog will not seem stoned or anything like that. They'll just be calm, which is nice. Right. And and that uh, goes back to uh, your scenario with uh, traveling with other non-humans that may Mm -hmm. have not 
interacted with you before or had limited interaction uh, right. kind of upping that compatibility for a short time mm-hmm. so that they can get comfortable and enjoy the ride yeah yeah in, in the situation in which that had the biggest effect I was staying with a friend who was um, house sitting for somebody who had a couple of dogs and my dog was being very obnoxious and just trying to assert herself all over the place and the other two dogs weren't having it and they were coming pretty close to getting into a fight so I happened to have CBD isolate on me at the time and I mixed in I don't know 300 milligrams or so into their food and they all ate it and within about 30 minutes they just kind of calmed down uh, and that lasted for four or five hours and when I say calm down they were not sedate no they they weren't they they just had the attitude about them like they weren't bothered by each other but you would never think that they were on anything and uh, you know, when I when I recommend CBD for these kinds of purposes, a lot of people will object uh, on the grounds, you know, that, well, you shouldn't drug them. And it's like, well, <laughs> look, um, I'm not talking about drugging your dog. I'm not talking about using, uh, you know, something like a, a depressant or on a regular basis or something like that where you're trying to uh, not deal with whatever the underlying problem is. I'm talking about acute situations where anxiety needs to be dealt with right now on the spot and there may not be another way. It's just good to have it on hand for emergencies like that and to know when to use it. Mm -hmm. As far as being on the road, another good thing would be a membership in a comprehensive roadside assistance um, program. That's a really smart investment, something like AAA. Uh, good SAMs for RVs uh, or whatever is applicable to your region, but something where you know that if you face a serious emergency, you're broken down and there's not another town around for a long ways, you can call a service that will come out and help you that you won't be stranded. Uh, and especially if you're in an RV, um, it's actually better to go Good SAMs. I know we have AAA or suggested AAA, but Good SAMs, they uh, will come out to you an unlimited number of times to help you. Uh, it doesn't matter for what. Uh, they will come out regardless of the situation as many times as necessary and um they're a little bit more accommodating i found with uh four-legged companions Uh, they can find a company that uh, is okay with large breed animals or um, knows how to take care of them so Mm -hmm. just a little tidbit there but if there is an emergency you definitely want to uh, bring up-to-date paperwork and tags for vaccinations, for rabies, uh, photo IDs in case somebody decides to go have a little adventure, uh, and extra collars just in case one breaks um, with alternate tags, with phone numbers, contact information, microchips, um, all of that uh, in conjunction with one another will dramatically increase your chances of a happy reunion. Mm-hmm. Um and I met a chihuahua at a hotel I was staying at uh, down in Georgia while I was there for work and nobody could get it to come up to them so I befriended this guy uh, over a couple days I finally was able to have him trust me enough to come into my hotel room long enough for me to see his tag Uh, unfortunately it was an outdated tag but had contact information for the vet that he went to they had contact information for their owners and within a couple hours this family came up and uh happily reunited with him it was a very touching moment so even old outdated tags 
you know, help. Uh, climate control for your companion is absolutely necessary. Um, you know, last year I went across the country in July, which is probably not the smartest time of year to be going <laughs> with, with a Malamu, but, uh, you know, it was for Z Pride in part. So mm-hmm. that's when it, uh, that's when it was occurring. And, you know, having a, a good air conditioning system in my car, uh, you know, I actually had a fender bender out there. Somebody, um, uh, hit my car while I was, uh, while I was parked and smashed in the front of it. And I was, my, my biggest immediate worry was they might've taken out the air conditioning unit, uh, because this was in South Carolina. And if I didn't have air conditioning for my very furry dog, that would have been a serious problem. And luckily they, it, it turned out to be cosmetic damage as bad mm. as it looked. Um, but in the future, you know, I would put more thought into something like that happening. What if my, what if in, in any way, for any reason, I suddenly didn't have my car's air conditioning? What would I do for my dog in order to right. uh, keep her nice and cool? Um, so climate control is definitely a concern to think about. Yeah, I found out that Kangles really don't like anything above 70 degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything over that he, he seems miserable so i'll try to keep the thermostat at 68 mm-hmm. so while you were traveling different states um i know with a malamute it's not as uh pertinent but uh, zeke one of my previous uh mates uh, was a mm-hmm. pitbull or american staffordshire terrier uh, to be uh, more specific uh, and unfortunately there are states still and jurisdictions that have BSL or breed specific legislation. Um, so, you know, for work, I might have had to travel to Miami where BSL is still a thing. Uh, and you can't own what is deemed a pit bull or bully breeds. Um, and I think, and I, oh, I know Colorado used to have one, but this most uh, recent election cycle, they actually repealed it and it's no longer a thing in, in Denver area. So, uh, very good idea to research those things because even if you're just going through and getting gas and somebody sees a, a pit bull in the back of the car and they get scared um, mm. things can escalate very quickly and very disastrously so uh, need to be aware of that and plan your stops or non-traveling uh, routes through those areas and also uh, be sure to meticulously obey traffic laws in those areas too that you don't get pulled over because uh, as we know police are not known for being patient or lenient we might say with canines or anyone that's not white or male yeah and uh, especially uh, when that person uh, is a dog they tend to shoot first and ask questions Maybe they ask questions later, maybe they don't, who knows, but they oh, do no, tend I, to shoot first. I've read the transcripts and the evidence logs of all of uh, the incident with Doug and Cav, and it is horrendous. Yeah. Um, seeing the timestamps for those taser shots and the duration of them is just uh, horrendous, but we're not going to get into that, so... Yeah. Uh, but speaking of uh, canines and well-beings, other things to look out for... Um, <laughs> Uh, are in the uh, the kingdom of uh, flora, and these are common plants: uh, poinsettias, uh, azaleas, um, the aloe plant itself. Although aloe gel is considered safe, mm-hmm. um, fruit trees like uh, 
uh, apples, uh, cherry seeds and stems and leaves. They contain cyanide, um, coleus, holly, uh, gardenia, which is often brought indoors in colder climates, uh, grapes and raisins. Uh, those are poisonous to dogs and uh, lots of citrus and their corresponding essential oils, uh, snake plants, um, common house decorations like lilies. Now, like we have a lily plant here, um, which, Mm -hmm. you know, all the animals leave alone. They don't care about it, but if they didn't leave it alone, that would be a problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, cooking herbs and their related essential oils are uh, typically toxic to four leggers, um, things like garlic and onions. So just be aware of these common things uh, of the plant kingdom that are, that are not friendly to our four legged companions. So we've had, a uh, pretty good experience with uh, traveling when you say love cat. Mm-hmm. Few mishaps. Um, sure, those are bound to happen, but nothing, nothing too serious. Right, nothing we can't uh, overcome. You know, some things you can foresee, and some things you can't. And uh, you know, there comes a point when. Uh, realistically, you can only plan so far ahead. You can only be prepared for so many scenarios, but it's definitely worth your time. And I would think that if you're a zoo, it's worth to you, your uh, non-human companion's well-being, to think ahead um, as, as far as you feel you reasonably can to plan for uh, their health, their safety, and their uh, mental and emotional well-being and um, be prepared for the challenges that are going to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of them, you know, a little bit of thought really can foresee a little bit of searching around, of uh, finding out what other people's experiences are, can help you avoid some of the things that uh, you might otherwise not have. And some yeah. of those things are merely annoying, and some of those can be deadly. So it's definitely worth your time, don't you think? And for those things that you can't plan for or ha- didn't foresee um, the zoo community um, it, it's vast uh, both here in the states and abroad and for instance if something does occur uh, there are ways to reach out and to the local community and get help that way um, mm-hmm. or find help at your destination uh, or just to hang out uh, I, I know I like to meet fellow zoos and just hang out have a weekend and uh it's very relaxing to be oneself as -hmm. it is absolutely we asked a fellow zoo that also travels uh the majority of the time what they thought uh, was the most or biggest impact on their life and relationship with their four-leggers when they're traveling and lovecat would you like to relay uh, what they had to say well this person lives in a an rv a, a small rv and has a, a number of canine companions uh, some of whom travel with him all the time uh, some of whom stay with um, uh, various friends uh, depending on the needs of the moment and uh, one of his is a, a special needs dog um and so for him um hygiene is a big issue because this dog needs to have frequent baths um and for laundry to be done because uh, they're not always continent Mm -hmm. um so for him you know scouting out places where um 
you know, dogs can be washed, where he can get a shower, where laundry can be done, and various cleaning activities. Uh, those are our paramount concerns. Um, and being able to uh, house everybody comfortably and have enough room for everybody. Um, I know that he's got a lot of juggling to do with that um, because he doesn't have a whole lot of room in his uh, in his RV. So having um, amenable friends is definitely a big one. You know, having people that you can count on and rely on uh, to help you. Um, that's that's a big thing in life, of course, generally. Um, but for zoos, it, it takes on you know um, a further dimension when we need somebody sometimes who can care for our companions when we're not immediately uh, able to for any number of reasons, and we're not willing to just you know uh, have them held in a cage indefinitely until we can get around to them. That's not acceptable. So we need. Oh, that people. makes me shudder. And uh, yeah, we, we need good people in our lives who can who can help us in these sorts of situations. And he also uh, states that he appreciates the fact of being able to transport, you know, his companions and his his life, his, his necessities, all in one place to his place of employment, uh, if that uh, involves traveling at all, uh, and being able to enjoy the the destination and getting there uh, Mm -hmm. with ease. Uh, So I I definitely feel that uh, because being able to just roll up into the parking lot of one of my work locations, since I work basically the entire Eastern seaboard uh, is fantastic. It's very stressless. Uh, Mm -hmm. I am no longer paying you know, twelve hundred dollars for a one-bedroom apartment that I'm in for fifteen hours a month. Sure, that happened. Yeah, so I mean, I guess the the broadest take-home message is that if you are planning, especially to live with your animal companion on the road, to uh, arrange your life around that fact. Um, you know, when I brought my dog home, I thought that I was going to have to live a very different life than I have been the past uh, couple of years, and I was. Um, actually not even looking into, but actually planning to get my commercial driver's license, a CDA, and get a job as a trucker so that I could uh, live with her and uh, have a place, you know, which would just be the cab of a truck, but it would be somewhere that I could live in uh, where I wouldn't be separated from her and would still be able to make money to live and have a place to live. And I'm guessing that there's probably a lot of especially canine zoos who do take that route, um, for other I people, know quite a few, yep. Yeah. Um, for other people like yourself, Zeman, where you have a job in which you can do that um, without being a trucker, but you can live on the road and uh, you can make it work in that way. Um, other people aren't necessarily in that position to immediately do that. But if that's important to you, um, then, you know, it's always good to explore the options. Uh basically assess what your needs are and what you want out of life and then see what you can do to meet those. I mean, that's an incredibly general way of putting it, but at the same time, mm-hmm. if you if you start off with 
what are my needs and how can I satisfy them, you're much more likely to satisfy them by than, than you are by doing what a lot of people seem to do, which is just assuming that it can't wing be it. done. Yeah, not not even just winging it, but just assuming that it, that it can't be done, saying that, you know, uh, I would want this, but, you know, right. uh, turn it around. And that's a and, huge barrier because a lot of people think it's harder than it is. Mm-hmm. And it's really not hard for individuals um, that prioritize the, the life and comfort of their companions. And with COVID and the pandemic currently, the... Uh, remote work, the work from home, uh, if that sticks around, which I'm hopeful that it will, that will make it even more attainable for those that really want to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because why not? If you can work from home, you can work from anywhere. As long as you have a cell connection and a hotspot, you're good. You're golden. That's what I do, you know, seven days a week. So, Mm -hmm. And I remember... um, Doug said at some point that uh, he would recommend that people learn coding because that's something that it's not going away. You can do it from anywhere and you can make Absolutely. good money at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm learning Python at the moment, um, some cloud services and some certifications there, and I'm looking to get cemented in my ability to work from home because mm-hmm. I, I really do not want to give up this lifestyle. and It's probably the best thing to happen to me in the last five years or so other than meeting doug and i think that pretty much covers the basics of life on the road as a zoo would you say it's it's a good start it's the Mm -hmm. good key in the ignition so to speak Mm -hmm. um so while we ride into the sunset put your keys in my ignition and ride in my sun oh, sorry good. <laughs> <laughs> you can ride me right, right into that sunset <laughs> uh, <laughs> with that uh, thank you love cat for uh, everything and uh, hope to see you on the road soon likewise my friend we'll be back right after this with more zooey goodness welcome back to ask zooey the only cross-species advice program syndicated to Uh, we still can't mention that platform out loud. Oh, horse apples. That'll do. I'm your delectable duchess in delicious drag, Zooey. And I'm a pauper in the presence of a promiscuous princess, Toggle. Remember, folks, we're always looking for salacious stories and tawdry tell-alls. We're all ears and full of cheers, wise and ready to advise. There are thousands of increasingly improbable ways to get in touch with us. So let your imagination go wild while you simply send us an email pretending it was actually a pirate radio transmission to a specific Zooey radio frequency. We have two questions to get through today, so let's get started. Here's one from Road Trippin' in Rhode Island. Rhodey writes, Dear Zooey, it's a crazy mess on the road. My human and I are road tripping with some friends, and I'm just trying to flirt and exercise my handsome studly wiles with this essence of refinement, an astonishingly vivacious vixen, just recently going into heat. Meanwhile, my two-legger seems to be getting jealous. I'm not sure why, because I pamper him with attention in the morning, in the afternoon, and sometimes even at night. I hope he doesn't take this personally. She's irresistible at times like these. How can I reassure him that he's still my main squeeze and that I cherish him? Ah, that famous two-legger jealousy I've heard so much about. Uh, indeed. 
It can be really confusing for four-leggers to navigate. You see, Rhodey, for a lot of two-leggers, relationships are thought to be exclusively between two people. Sex is seen as an ultimate consummation of an exclusive relationship, and for either partner to seek out some extra attention in the backseat of your grand caravan is a violation of that agreement. Think of it this way. Have you ever watched your two-leggers show affection to another canine and thought, that affection is supposed to be for me? Do you remember the impulse to push that other person out of the way to make sure you're the one getting all that attention? It's kind of the same thing, dialed up a notch. This is a boundary two-leggers sometimes impose upon their four-legger paramours without actually thinking about it. It's very typical Western two-legger culture at work. We at Ask Sui generally want to respect those among us who prefer exclusivity in the relationship, but only when it's agreed upon by both parties. We like to think of ourselves as kindred spirits to our friends on four legs. And we understand that you're very often free spirits, and that sex isn't tied to some exclusive contract you've signed with one person. We also understand that you've likely not agreed to any such arrangement, as two-leggers don't often talk about these things with the people they love. If there's one thing to take away from this show, it's that two-leggers are really terrible at communication, and sometimes it might even seem like you can't communicate with them at all. But I can tell you from experience, road trippin', you can absolutely train your two-legger to communicate on your level if you give them enough time and lots of positive reinforcement. In this case, you can communicate your unending affection through simple, thoughtful gestures. When you're sitting next to him in the van, put your paw on his leg to let him know that you're thinking about him. Even if you spend your day wooing your hottie in heat, take time at night to curl up in bed with him to remind him that at the end of the day, you'll always be there for him. When there's downtime, you can even bring him your favorite toy to remind him of all the wonderful time you've spent together. Your two-legger's going to have to learn to leave all that jealousy behind at the last rest stop road trippin', but you can help him get there with these simple reminders that your relationship with him is secured by more than time spent tied together. Enjoy your road trip, Rody, and we wish you luck wooing your bodacious bitch in heat. Your two-legged paramour will get there eventually. Up next, here's a letter from Darty Doe in Dartmouth. Darty writes, Dear Zooey, I'm a hot young doe who's single and looking to mingle. In particular, I'm looking to mingle with a strapping human hiker who always comes around my neck of the woods. I'd love to get him to come in other places too, but there's the problem. He rarely seems to notice me, and when he does, I can't help but panic and bolt right out of there. It's in my nature to be skittish, I know, but that doesn't change what I want. How can I help him understand how much I want to fool around with him while also keeping my nerves calm enough to let me enjoy myself? Yours, the dainty doe who darts. Oh, sounds like you have some doe woes. Indeed, Darty. I guess it goes without saying that the usual approach you might take with a buck is out of the question. Two-leggers have a notoriously bad sense of smell, so you can't just leave scent hints around to let him know, Hey, big guy, I'm in estrus. And with two-leggers, you can't play coy and hard to get. As we said before, your typical human doesn't do that communication thing very well. So being direct and straightforward is going to be the key. We can understand that approaching two-leggers in the wood is intimidating for a doe, since you can never be too sure whether or not they're going to be friendly, and that can have dire consequences. Rest assured though, Darty Doe, the typical hiker doesn't tend to wander around with deadly weapons. Indeed, their intent is usually not to interact with the local fauna. It may be worth noting that not every two-legger understands the sheer erotic pulchritude of a doe in heat. You'll have to be prepared for the possibility that he's just not interested. That said, here's a pretty straightforward way to find out. The first thing you need to do is approach. It might not be how you normally operate, but it will be on you to initiate contact. 
The easiest way to do this is to head him off on his usual route. This also satisfies your coy nature. Oh, me? I'm just grazing along the footpath, minding my own business. He will likely stop running once he sees you, as so not to scare you off. When he does, take a step toward him to let him know it's okay to approach. Show interest if he tries to reach out and touch you, to let him know you're not afraid and are, in fact, interested. It may be tempting to ask him to rut with you right there on the path, but two-leggers are very strange when it comes to their customs about sex, one of which is not to do it where any other two-leggers might see. Once he's comfortable with you, you can let him know what you want in no uncertain terms by showing off your gorgeous aft end with your tail raised. A wiggle of your rump will really sell your features. Give him some time to process this information. Two-leggers can be slow on the uptake. When you see the light of recognition in his eyes, then you can lead him off the trail, walking forward, then looking back to indicate you want him to follow. If he's interested, he's likely going to be perceptive of what you're asking here and follow. Two-leggers who are really into flings with four-leggers will have practice catching on to your communication style. If he's not, he might watch for a moment before jogging on. Rest assured, even if he's not that interested the first time, you have absolutely made his day, and he'll likely want to see you again on the path. Don't be afraid to give it another go next time he's jogging along the path, if he seems shy the first time you offer. It's not every day a two-legger catches the eye of a dazzling dainty doe in heat. He may just not know how to react when you don't dart, Darty. Even if it doesn't turn into a satisfying rut, one good thing about two-leggers is they aren't as one-and-done as your typical buck. You could find that a beautiful friendship blossoms. It may not be the fling or the romance you were hoping for, but it could be just as fulfilling. I guarantee that you'll make almost any two-leggers day just by not darting away. Let us know how it goes when you don't dart, darty doe. And that's our show. Thank you so much for tuning in, dear listeners. We look forward to answering all your Zooey relationship questions next episode. Keep those submissions coming. We'll see you next time on Ask Zooey. Same zoo time, same zoo channel. Thanks, friends, for listening to Zooier Than That. Join us next episode as we talk about a subject near and dear to my heart, veganism. It's bound to be more delicious than you thought, so don't miss it. You can subscribe to the podcast via our Zooey RSS feed. Just point your favorite podcast client at rss.zoo.wtf and off you go. You can also check out our extensive bonus content at bonus.zoo.wtf. We can be found all over the web where podcasts are distributed. Try searching for Zooier Than Thou in your favorite podcast directory. Our podcast website is still zoo.wtf, as in, what the fuck? Who put this zoo.wtf sticker on my RV bumper? It's probably Steve. Our Twitter is at Zooier Than Thou, and you can follow Zooey's naughty advice at Ask Zooey. Follow Lovecat at Meow of Love. And follow me at Zeman Depot, Z-E-M-E-N-D-E-P-O. A reminder that we have a form that enables anonymous submissions to the podcast on our website, zoo.wtf. You can tell us about your glory Zooey travels, ask Zooey about the best motels to make love in on road trips, or gloat about how we're not on YouTube anymore because you're not smart enough to check the youtube.zoo.wtf. You can also simply email us at mail at zoo.wtf. Not the WTF. Mm-hmm. We're only a few emails shy of creating a glorious suit of male armor. Share the love of Zoo Even Now with the world by writing it on every truck stop bathroom stall you encounter. Please include my number. <laughs> All not <laughs> All non-humans who contributed to this podcast promise that they're forcing all their humans to take much needed time off the road to play and stretch their legs. When it comes to Maripussy, it's better to slurp up the tongue than tooth. I'm Zeman Depot. Be kind to one another. It's the sexiest, zooiest thing you can do.
And I'm Love Cat, the purple purring prince of perfect pretentious prose, and you've almost finished listening to Zooier Than Thou. Stay defiant, fellow zoos. We'll see you next time you feel like howling at the moon. Ah! Ah!